0: ultimate journey welcome to the ultimate journey podcast awakening to spirit episode 30 hi and welcome i am your host frank degenova and today's episode is called alcohol what's your poison i've always wanted to talk about this subject but i've always hesitated for one reason or another It's a touchy subject and one that is basically integrated into our society, into religious customs, and socially. You know, it's considered the social lubricant, or as some like to call it, liquid courage. Being a hairstylist for over 35 years and, you know, engaging in the party scene or the social scene of that, I've seen a lot of drinks being poured and obviously consumed and their effects. I also find it very concerning of what's happening now in these times of the amount of consumption and dependency on it just to get through the day. Now, I'm not getting on a soapbox and saying, you know, you should do this or you shouldn't do that. But after having a friend, another friend actually, going into um, a rehabilitation, um, this has prompted me to do this podcast because it's time now. Some people can occasionally drink and some people can't. In those three decades behind the hair chair, I know many of my clients have gone to AA, so I have, I have a lot of experience with the program and the people behind it. And I've always wondered what makes one an alcoholic. There are many indicators or flags, but a lot of people don't want to associate with them or, or believe in them. We try to convince ourselves that we're not, and there may be many closet alcoholics or functioning alcoholics out there. But this podcast, I don't know how it's going to evolve because I just do whatever comes to my mind. And so whatever we're going to touch on, it's not per se about alcoholism, but I want to start off with my story and how I started off (laughs) drinking. When I was about two years old, my parents were visiting some family members or some relatives and they were all in the kitchen. And Frankie, little, little monkey that I was, went out to explore. So... Unbeknownst to the adults in the household, I uh, was kind of adventuring around and I came upon a box of cognac-filled chocolates. So, what did I do? (laughs) I crushed the whole box and as a result, I was intoxicated. Yeah, two years old. It was crazy. Anyway, um, so not only was the alcohol affected me, but I had the caffeine and the sugar. So, my... Uh, neurological pathways or the circuitry and the dopamine receptors were just off the charts and that kind of set off a pattern into my life <laughs> yep i'm surprised the burn didn't just put me off but i guess the caffeine and sugar was like yeah baby you could probably say that i was kind of wired for it at an early age maybe it was but that wasn't the real issue so it was uh, i believe that we uh, drink and escape because we have other things on our plate or in our glass (laughs) or in our pipe or whatever you want. You know, this is not about alcohol. This is about every substance that takes you away from yourself and your uh, capacity to deal with something fully, full on. Anyway, fast forward to my life. I got to read The Ultimate Journey in Earth Traveler's Guide to Awakening to to fill in those blanks because there's a lot of blanks in there. But what I will say is that I used alcohol for many things to obviously to numb the pain, to distract myself, to um, give myself some courage, to hide from um, my abilities, because I believe that we use alcohol to make us less than, to not shine so bright. It's a self-worth thing where, God forbid, we get too successful or we shine too bright, We're gonna. We have to deal with the tension and the um, upholding that. But that's a whole nother podcast and um, in my course too that I offer. I loved playing guitar and I've always wanted to be a rock star. And the problem was that I was petrified to play in front of people. You know, my insecurities were off the off the charts. And so what I would do when I would be in a kind of a party setting and there's a guitar there, I'd make sure I'd be good and drunk, and I would pick up the guitar and you know mess around. The alcohol made me numb to the um, self-awareness, self-consciousness, but it was also my excuse to say, oh, I'm drunk, I can't play. So I would criticize myself and tell myself that I wasn't good enough because of the alcohol. In other words, it was my way out from being responsible for me. I remember a movie way back. I was in Sedona with a former partner and we were watching a movie and it was an abduction movie. And I think their, their kids were, were, were being abducted by whoever. And the parents had to deal with their children being abducted. You know, all the, the kind of, all those emotions that go with that. And I remember a woman saying to a guy, because he was drinking and not taking responsibility, she said, what makes you so special that you can avoid the pain that we're all feeling by escaping with that alcohol? Man, that hit me so bloody hard. Basically, it takes courage to stand up to what we're feeling and internalizing and processing it. And it's cowardice to escape from it, you know, giving up your responsibility to facing what we're going through. Even though it stuck with me, it didn't really change a thing. I still ran away from facing and being responsible. Being the victim was a lot easier. And I needed the the tragedies in my life to be there to give me permission to drink. So I didn't want to let go of my problems, of my poor me, of my hopelessness or frustration and depression. Because then I couldn't drink. See how that works? But this is a hard sell because... Everyone seems like they're drinking. It's all, it's it's, it's it's in the fabric of our social dynamics. Let's go for a drink or bring drinks to a party or let's, whatever. You know, most movies show the drinking of alcohol. They only show the the fun side of it, but they don't show the damage that results from this. I found this so obvious in Marvel's Jessica Jones series. It was like, oh my God, is it so blatant? Now, I'm not trying to be a goody two-shoes here because, as I'll share soon, my, my drinking, um, um... Routines went well far above the natural norm. (laughs) And I'm not um, professing to be a saint at all. I'm just talking about this topic and sharing what I know and what I feel. It's just so in our face and we don't see, like looking through my social feeds. There are those out there that have a drink in every shot and sharing their meals with the alcohol of choice, the bottle, the glass, and making it all cool or seem cool. You know, I can't judge here because I used to do the same thing. And, you know, I was just showing off, hey, look, at I'm drunk. You no, know, I used to wear it like a badge of honor, which is, I just don't understand that anymore. In the past, I would try to, or I would stop drinking, go dry and say, I'm not drinking again. And then I would fall off the wagon even harder. I mean, a bottle of vodka didn't last me too long. You know, I could go through a few a week and maybe more and wine and beer, whatever it was, whatever, whatever had the octane in it, uh, it was good enough for me. Just didn't like the sweet stuff because then I would be pounding headache the next day. I would go dry and then I would go binge. And then I would try to just do the moderate approach like normal people do and did. And that would work sometimes. And a lot of time it would just kind of guide me down the road of, hey, (laughs) it's five o'clock somewhere, right? Was I or am I an alcoholic? I don't think so. Um, Can I have a drink? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can and I won't go off the deep end to start but then eventually I would go there if you know what I mean. So currently for the last six to eight months I am not drinking. Um, I had maybe a couple glasses here and there through parties and not parties but uh, celebrations like birthdays and Christmas but um, I feel that I have a good handle on it now because I've just had an aha moment where it's like why and I'm not trying to be uh, better than and I'm just I'm this is where I'm at at my point in, in life now is that I don't have a desire to to drink because I've had so much in my life it's not even funny and you know I feel sorry for my body for my liver and for for other people and the 2 a.m texts to 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 women to the stupid things I might wake up in the morning feeling guilty uh, anxiety uh, edgy irritable and you know grinding through the day being hungover. I'm just tired of that. It's enough. Like I do not miss that at all. I do not miss that one bit. You'd you'd think there'd be enough to stop one from doing that, but no, it's not. In episode three, I talked about if we're living in a matrix, and I truly believe that the vibration and energy of alcohol keeps us locked into the matrix. I know a lot of spiritual people that um, indulge in alcohol, and there's no judgment here, I just feel that it keeps us stuck in the delusion or the illusion of the maya or the deception of um, the projected or simulated reality that we live in. And I'm going to share some weird far out points with you. (laughs) So let's, uh, let's get into them now. But before I do, I'd like to ask, why is it that when someone asks someone if they want a drink, that when they say no, they looked at... They're looked at like they have two heads, or it's like, what, you don't? You know, are you an alcoholic? Or, there's such a stigma on not drinking. You know, it seems so unusual that someone doesn't drink, or is a Tito taller, Tito toller, I think that's how it's called. Tito toller or something like that. See, it's so weird that I can't even pronounce it. That's weird. Those are weird people. You know, so many cringe at the thought of not being able to have a drink socially or recreationally. Or recreationally. I mean, I used to drink alone a lot, you know? And it's almost like you're missing out on something, or but you are missing out on the hangovers and the fatigue and all that stuff that I mentioned before. I have FOMO <laughs> of hangovers and guilt. And just before I get onto the weird stuff, I like to to say that um, that a lot of drinking a lot can, can spike insulin and can you uh, know lead to the hypoglycemia. You can also mess with your blood sugars and you know can affect or create or cause uh, diabetes. And I know I was. Uh, I had high blood sugar, and I think it was due to the drinking. It also messed up my gut lining and the microbiome. Uh, if you guys know what that is, it's a whole other topic as well. But uh, I think it uh, gave me some gut issues as well. I destroyed the mucus in my gut lining and destroyed all the good bacteria inside me. Um, but then that's just the tip of the iceberg. And there's a reason why it's called you're intoxicated, because the word is in, is toxic, intoxicated. And for those of you who have more years on this planet, (laughs) when somebody would ask you for a drink, they would say, hey man, what's your poison? Well, makes sense, doesn't it? But anyway, let's get to the weirdo stuff. Do you know where the word alcohol comes from? (laughs) Well, we can look at astrology and the astrologers say that algol is considered to be one of the most unfortunate and violent stars. Ooh. <laughs> and al is also, um, I think it's associated with death by decapitation. Um, I think that's the name of the uh, slain snake head belonging to Medusa, is uh, al Al-Gol, I believe. And in, in the Islamic folklore, it is believed that there are three divisions of sentient beings, which are the angels, the jinn, the ones in the bottle, and humans. So the jinn like humans, have gender and have free will, unlike the angels that are supposed to be non-gendered, but I, I, don't, I believe that they're gendered. But anyway, that's uh, not the topic of this podcast. So the jinn are usually considered evil or mischievous tricksters and who often kind of lead us astray. You know, they're little buggers. And there's five types of them. One in which is called the marid And he is considered the most powerful all of them and is associated with what I said, the genie in the bottle. Gin in the bottle? How about some gin and tonic? (laughs) And another type of gin is called, and gin is spelled J-I-N-N actually, not G, not G-I-N. But whatever, it's all phonetics, right? Etymology. So another type of gin is called a ghoul. In Arabic, a ghoul, al-ghoul, al-ghoul means demon an evil spirit or the devil, you know, Al Ghul, Al Ghul from the stars or alcohol, you know, they may be all spelled differently, but carry the same phonetic energy. You know, ghouls are thought to be the zombie-like djinn who haunt graveyards and prey on human flesh or a body-eating spirit, as they say, and the English word for alcohol is derived from the word Al Ghul. And it's funny, when I see, when I see booze, you know, you see a ghost or a ghoul (laughs) What do they say? Boo or booze. (laughs) I know I'm stretching it here, but I think it was fun. Booze, toxin, poison. I mean, it's all there, right? You may be thinking that I'm uh, wordsmithing or or good at uh, play on words, but let's dig a little bit deeper or lighter, as in spirits. Is it just another coincidence that alcohol is referred to as spirit? You know, in terms of alchemy, alcohol is used to extract the essence of a substance. You know, it could be an essential oil, a tincture, or the essence of a soul. <laughs> you know, when we drink a lot, um, we 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 black out. We have no memory of what happened before. And I believe this is when uh, a spirit or lower entity tells our spirit to take a hike and takes over our bodies and takes it for a joyride. And usually, when we go for that joyride, it's usually. Sexual, uh, hedonistic, <laughs> no inhibitions. You know, how many of you act differently when you're drunk? A little bit more wild. You know, our pure essence, our goodness, our soul is distilled. See, it's another plain words. It gets distilled out of us. What I'm trying to say here is that spiritually speaking, alcohol spirits will um, lower our energy Our vibratory rate our energy and match more of the lower realm of the matrix and that's why I think it keeps us stuck and unable to see you know we can still be spiritual but when you have like a a weight uh, with a chain and it's uh, and you're trying to swim you can't really swim anymore you just you can like an anchor of a boat you can't really move anywhere I once had a dream or a vision where (laughs) I went to a bar and I looked up and I saw a whole bunch of Dark, ghoulish spirits like in the, in the rafters and the ceilings just waiting to find a host to hitchhike on and to take their bodies out for joyrides. It was really, really weird. You know, drinking alcohol also um, pokes holes in your aura or your aura and uh, lowers it. And you're just resonating with lower energy, you know, and inviting things that uh, you probably don't want to be hanging out with or interacting with. Going down the dark alleys. I mean, that's my view. It doesn't have to be your view. Of course, this podcast is just to share what I feel and, you know, to talk to other people and to share. And to, you know, if it doesn't make sense to you, then it's bullshit. If you don't resonate to it, then that's your reality and that's your truth. But what we can't do is judge another if they choose to drink or not choose to drink. I mean, if it's going to affect your safety and your health then you have all the right to establish your own boundaries. You know, not get in the car with somebody or if they're going to put their life in other people's danger, you take the keys away. I mean, that's a different story altogether. But um, if it affects you, your family, your loved ones, whatever, then, you, you know, you have to make a stand. But one's not going to stop drinking until they're ready. It has to come from within, with inside, from within. You can have an, all the interventions that you want, but if the person's not ready to stop... Then it's a solemn vein. They're actually going to be more secretive and, and lie more and do it behind everyone's back. And at the same time, if someone chooses not to drink, those uh, others shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't uh, mock them or make fun of them for not drinking or being, you know, like a nerd or a weirdo or, you know, why aren't you drinking? You know, just let people do what they want, let people eat what they want. You are a vegan or you're a vegetarian, meat eater, whatever. I mean, I think Buck stops at being a cannibal. (laughs) But, you know, it's just let people be and be there when they need support, when they ask you for support, because if they don't ask for it, they're going to push you away. Believe me. You know, I was brought up in an Italian household where um, wine was always at the table. And, you know, my dad has a glass or two of wine every, every, every meal or maybe at dinner. (laughs) I don't know anymore, as we don't live together. Um, So... Amen. It was always there, but I used to drink like that behind everyone's back. I didn't want anybody to know the amount I was drinking because I don't want anybody to judge me or to deal with the attention. You know, there are people that can just have wine when they, you know, eat th- their meal and that's it, done. But uh, I like, <laughs> I, I like, you know, I'll go for the second or third glass. And, you know, I always told myself that, you know, I'm not an alcoholic because um, if I have to work, I won't drink at work. I won't drink if I have to drive. I won't even have a drop. So I don't. Does that make me a controlled alcoholic? I don't even. I mean, it. That's a weird stigma going to AA and alcoholic. I know it works, and but what I find interesting is that I'm, uh, one of my clients, I says, "Yeah, I stopped drinking." It's like, "Oh, did you go? Did you go to AA?" And I said, like, "No," and I, I guess, she inferred it as I said, "No, I don't need AA," which I did not. And then she got upset just in my response. I said no and because I think I was defensive. She goes, why do people think that going to AA is like being a failure, that you can't do it without, um, without them? I'm like, I didn't say that. Maybe it came out in my, in my, um, in my tone. I don't know. But, you know, um, I have control over it and I don't have to do it. And I did it on my own. I truly believe that because I'm a spiritual person that I have um, some resources or source, <laughs> sources um, to know that there's something um, bigger than myself and kind of surrender to that in, in a way. And there are atheists have success in the AA program. I uh, believe that there's a surrendering to a higher something to your understanding and that whatever works for you. There are a lot of stigmas and judgments behind, you know, AA and seeking uh, professional help for for uh, your, your, your mental states. Like there are certain cultures out there that see going to a psychiatrist or therapy is like failure or no, th- th- that's not a reality for us. Like they don't even, you know, they don't look at mental health as being a problem. So education is key. Um, you know, if you go to uh, find someone to help you or uh, a group, you're not a failure. You know, if you would have, <laughs> that, uh, that uh, weight loss commercial, if you could have done it on your own, you would have done it already, already. You know, there's truth to that, but there's some people, again, they could have a drink and that's it. And some that can't, some can do it on their own and some that can't. There's no fast set rule on how and what to do. So if you know somebody that needs help, um, please help them and just be there for them. Um, and they'll, they'll change when they'll be ready. Uh, they won't change when they're not ready. They'll actually fight you or be in denial. So uh, again, uh, be sympathetic, be caring, um, empathic, actually not sympathetic. And don't have a monologue with someone. Have a dialogue. A monologue is when you talk at the person. And a dialogue is when you speak with the person and you communicate and you listen. And on that note, thank you for listening to The Ultimate Journey Awakening to Spirit podcast. I'm your host, Frank DeGenova. Thank you for listening. Join me again next time for more spiritual talk. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can share, like, and subscribe. You can reach me at info at com. And until next time, walk in love, and ingratitude.